This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network here on the Monday after, of course, Monday after the big holiday. Hope you had a great Christmas, enjoyed everything that you were doing, got every present that you wanted, saw every family member uh, arrive and then leave at a proper time, saw every friend that you wanted to see, and now it's time to get back to normal. It's football week here in South Carolina. We got three games involving state teams this week. It'll be Coastal Carolina up first tomorrow in Birmingham, taking on East Carolina, and then Friday, it's the Gamecocks first in Jacksonville at the Gator Bowl, taking on Notre Dame. And then it's Clemson Friday night in Fort Lauderdale, taking on Tennessee. Or maybe I should say for all these teams, what's left of the respective teams will be taking on what's left of the respective opponents because of the opt-outs and the transfers and, and everything else. Uh, in some ways, these teams will be uh, a shell of the team that played in their last regular season game. When you take a look at the depth chart, South Carolina, uh, Clemson, uh, Tennessee, all releasing their depth charts, uh, Notre Dame as well, all are missing key, key players, which kind of makes this a brand-new season for all the teams involved. I mean, yeah, I guess there's enough of the players who played through the regular season to count it for this year, but really it's kind of like a step towards spring practice, a bunch of new faces. We'll go over the depth charts here in a little bit but a bunch of new faces on all these teams will be playing uh, some key minutes in the games. All right, Phil Kornblut here, making my way south, all the way to Fort Lauderdale, covering uh, Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Tigers arrived uh, Sunday, late afternoon, early evening. Dabo Sweeney arrived actually on Saturday. Tennessee arrived yesterday. And uh, tomorrow there'll be some uh, media activity for the Tigers. Uh, today, South Carolina was on the practice field in Jacksonville for the first time after arriving yesterday. Shane Beamer met with the media after this morning's practice, maybe early afternoon. And the newsy part was uh, Josh Van will not play. If you follow Beamer lingo, then you knew a couple of weeks ago he wasn't going to play because anytime. I'm telling you, it's consistent. I give him that. He doesn't tip his hand totally, but he's consistent. When he says a player isn't practicing and he's questionable, that usually means he's out by the time the game rolls around. And Josh Van, excuse me, Josh Van, who had that, um, that ugly injury in the Clemson game, I think he tried his best to get back into shape, to get healthy, to be able to play in the bowl game, to play one more time for the Gamecocks. But he just can't go. He didn't even make the trip. So he is definitely out. And also uh, Jalen Brooks, I would say he's not going to play. He's with the team. But, again, Beamer said today that because of some off-the-field matters, uh, he is not – he's calling him doubtful for playing. So this has been a strange situation that uh, we have to uh, 
figure out, uh, as far as uh, Brooks is concerned, I say figure out. I mean, we're not we're not getting details on why he's not playing. He's not hurt. Uh, he hasn't been arrested. Um, he's not academic, academically ineligible, as far as we know. But he's, this is the second time uh, that he's had these this, this off the field issue that uh, or issues keeping him from playing for the Gamecocks. So I would not expect him to play either. So the Gamecocks receiving core already without Jaheim Bell, uh, already uh, without uh, two other uh, tight ends, uh, now going to be down uh, these two receivers. So, And, of course, they're, they're without Marshawn Lloyd. They're without their starting right tackle. So this is going to be yeah, truly a shell of the offense that the Gamecocks uh, put on the field against Tennessee and against Clemson that looked – so good, but can these other players step up? I mean, you know, a guy moves on, somebody else has to step up. That's called quality recruiting. And also the game plan for the Gamecocks, who knows what that's going to be? You know, who knows where you're going to deploy to carry on Joiner this time? Uh, what kind of tricks do they have planned? Who's going to be calling the plays? We really don't have a clue about any of that because Beamer is not tipping his hand. He doesn't want to give Notre Dame an idea about what they are going to do. Uh, we'll hear from Beamer coming up in just a few minutes and let you hear what he had to say today down in uh, Jacksonville. And tomorrow there'll be a media session for the Gamecock defensive players, a media session for the Gamecock offensive players coming up on Wednesday, and then the head coaches press conference on uh, Thursday morning. Smitty will be in Jacksonville with the Gamecock starting on Wednesday, and I'll be in uh, Fort Lauderdale with Clemson starting on Wednesday. Already on site covering Coastal Carolina. He is Chris Bergen. Merry Christmas. Hope you had a great weekend and a great trip to the uh, to the to the mountains of Alabama. I know you uh, got a chance to go by Talladega, maybe turn in a couple of hot laps on your way to Birmingham. There are a couple of tracks on the NASCAR circuit that I'm not sure I want to drive on. Talladega is one of them I, with the speeds in which they drive. Now, it's it's a fascinating facility because if you're unfamiliar Talladega sits right on I-20. You're driving down the road, and all of a sudden you look off to your left, and there's this massive plot of land, and a racetrack has been built upon it. And just the, it's the biggest track on the circuit, and you can understand why, because there's so much room out there. And so that was fun as we were uh, motoring in here this afternoon. But we got into uh, Birmingham a couple of hours ago. We got settled in at the hotel, actually staying at the uh, Sheridan uh, Birmingham Hotel, Phil. I know you've come over here numerous times directly beside the uh, the Birmingham Jefferson County Civic Center. Mm-hmm. And the last time and only time I was in this facility was for the 1992 SEC Men's Basketball Championship when I was at South Carolina as a manager. And uh, we played Tennessee that year and got beat in the first round and came home. <laughs> hmm. And the sad part is that would foretell many first round <laughs> losses for the Gamecocks in that tournament, right? Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and I'm trying to not be too loud because I'm set up in one of the ballroom areas uh, here at the facility. I don't know that it's changed all that much since 1992. I mean, there may still be some tape on the floor that was here 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, I tell you, that was the hotel, the Sheridan, right downtown in Birmingham. You you, you drive by it on I-20. The hotel is hard against the interstate. And mm-hmm. There's an exit, and you circle around. You get over to the hotel. That is where SEC Media Days used to be held. In fact, it was at that hotel in 1999. It would have been the summer of 1999 that Lou Holtz came down the back elevator. 
And uh, the horde of reporters and cameras there was like it was a presidential arrival. It was crazy. And Kerry Tharp was side-by-side with Luke. You've heard us talk to Kerry about this in the past. Kerry rode the elevator, I'm sorry, the escalator down with Luke. But it was at that hotel. Yeah, and we go back to going to SEC media days. I didn't go to the first two or three because I didn't think that much about it, you know, when South Carolina joined the SEC. But Kevin Cohen insisted – having been a veteran of covering the SEC when he was in Gainesville, and he insisted, he said, you have got to go to SEC media days. You're crazy. So we we went for the first time maybe 95, 96, somewhere in there, and then haven't missed one since. So, yeah, that's a nostalgic old place for <laughs> SEC sports. The SEC headquarters is right around the corner. You know, you, you can hop out of there. You can be at the SEC um, uh, headquarters there in about two or three minutes uh, well, right around the corner fans. from you who have come down here in years past, remember back to the Papa John's Bowl and the like, they have moved this game. This is the old the old Papa John's Bowl is now the Birmingham Bowl, and it's actually being played at Protective Stadium, which is next door to where we're staying. We're actually at the team hotel, and it's the home. It's UAB's new place uh, that they, they build, and it's, it appears to be a lovely facility. Haven't had a chance to go over there. Obviously, we will tomorrow with the game, but you want to talk about a perfect locale to host a bowl game. Mm-hmm. You can put both teams because East Carolina is here, all their fans, and just judging by the people I passed on Interstate 20 coming down here today and checking into the hotel, Coastal fans, if you're out there and thinking one way or the other about coming, you need to come because it looks like this place is going to be purple and gold tomorrow because they are a bunch of East Carolina fans. As a matter of fact, we stopped at the Alabama rest stop on the way in, and that's where the uh, marching band for East Carolina had stopped as well, and they, they brought four busloads of just band members, mm. it appears. So well, they, are, they are out in full force for their first bowl game since 2014, believe it or not. No, far be it for me to lecture any fan base. You do what you want to do. But, I mean, if you want to play with the big boys and you're getting into these bowl games, you you got to reach down deep and support your team. You can't just show up with 500 or with how many people do you expect Coastal to have based on what you've heard on ticket sales? That I have not heard, uh, Phil. I would just venture a guess based off what we saw last year down in Orlando and uh, probably a much better family more family-friendly area to go, Orlando, because of Disney World and the like down there. Uh, there were three, four, maybe 5,000 Coastal fans down there. I, I would say half that maybe to Birmingham, especially mm. two days after Christmas. And knowing what's going on with the program now, they, they've got to find a way to get past. You know, Jamie Chadwell has left. Grayson McCall is leaving. He is still playing. As a matter of fact, uh, Chad Staggs, the interim head coach and defensive coordinator for Coastal, had his final press conference today, and he talked about Grayson and, and once again reiterated he thinks that's one of the best stories in college football that's not being talked about enough. Here's a young man that has gone into the transfer portal but thought enough of his program to play one more game with his current teammates before he leaves and moves on. Now, he did also stress that Josiah Stewart, Coastal's probably their best pass rusher, will not play. He signed with Michigan I think it was last week, if I'm not mistaken. Willie Lampkins, another one for the uh, Shauna Clears, their starting center. He's going to. He's already committed to North Carolina. He's going to play tomorrow. So it's it it says a lot about the uh, program that some of those guys, especially high profile guys, still want to play tomorrow. But with that being said, I mean that's that's another major distraction. And who knows what what Coastal's going to show up tomorrow? I will say this: you've got two very bad defenses, and there's no way to sugarcoat it. Uh, neither team plays very good defensively, especially down the stretch. This may be one of the more high-scoring bowl games of the season because East Carolina can move it up and down the field, and so can Coastal. 
Yes. Well, we're looking forward to it uh, beginning uh, tomorrow evening. And, of course, you'll be there on the sideline, and you're with us here for the uh, first hour tonight mm-hmm. before you have to move on to some other things. And let me tell everybody that our phone number is 888 That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. If you want to join us tonight and kind of get back in the flow of things, I know it's tough. It's tough for uh, announcers. It's tough for uh, talk show hosts. It's tough for fans to kind of get back into the flow of things after a long weekend that included a holiday and then all the sports played out over the weekend. But if you want to join us, we'd love to hear from you. 888 South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number here on Sports Talk. Our poll question of the week looks ahead to the two games on Friday. Sorry about that, Chris. The two games on Friday. Bold doubleheader for the Palmetto State this Friday. Gamecocks two-point underdog versus Notre Dame 3.30. Clemson five-and-a-half-point favorite over Tennessee at 8 o'clock. What do you expect to happen on Friday? 334 votes in today, and 37.1% say the Gamecocks will win and Clemson will lose. 32.9% say both will win. So that's at least uh, 69, almost 70% believe South Carolina is going to win. Clemson will win, USC lose, that's 25.7%, both losing at 4.2%. Well, I think it's good matchups for both in that certainly both are capable of winning. I think uh, what is Tennessee going to have offensively? You know they're going to go fast. They're not going to change that. Joe Milton is now the quarterback. He's without his um, his top two receivers or two of his top receivers. They're, uh, a starting linebacker, uh, Jeremy Banks, is opting out from Tennessee. They're going to be down some key people. Uh, the, the biggest loss for Clemson in terms of snaps, in terms of a starter, is uh, Miles Murphy at defensive end. Uh, if you want to count uh, Uyangalale transferring to Oregon State, I mean, he was a starter before being surpassed in the ACC championship game. And now, how do you think Cade Klubnick is going to respond and react to being the man now? now? He hasn't been the man. He wasn't the man going into the ACC championship game, even though they told him, you're going in third series. Uh, and and that was actually the passing of the baton, so to speak, because I remember seeing Uyangale going over and like basically telling his offensive teammates goodbye, shaking hands with them, uh, popping them on the shoulder pads, sort of like, hey, I'm out of here, next man up. And now it's it's Cade Klubnik. Now, by all accounts, he's the guy that uh, they feel is cut out for the job and able to handle being – the man, but they are without that security blanket now, Chris. If something happens to Klubnik, they're in a world of hurt back there because there's nobody behind him with any experience playing this season. So we shall see what happens with Clemson and uh, and Klubnik because now he is going to be the guy moving forward at quarterback. And if you didn't hear, Uyangalale announced over the weekend he's transferring to Oregon State. So that'll be interesting. His brother, the big lineman, signed with Oregon, and he is going to go to Oregon State. So that'll make for an interesting weekend in the Uyangale family. Okay, let's hit the break. And if you'd like to join us, comment, question, observation, give us a call, 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, 
More than $999 million in lottery proceeds have been used to support K-12 programs in South Carolina. Learn about the lottery's impact at seeducationlottery.com slash educationwins. Playing for fun is a win for education. We're back after this break on Sports Talk. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. In Columbia, South Carolina, game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue, we're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. back, everybody. Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen. We're on the road. Pat Daniel, he is comfortably tucked away inside our Dave & Buster studio in Columbia. Be sure to get out this week. Eat, drink, play, catch all the bowl games all season long. Dave & Buster's in Greenville, Columbia, Myrtle Beach. All right. Uh, Shane Beamer coming up. Uh, Zach Willis coming up as well. We had uh, one bowl game this afternoon, and um, in that one, bowl game this afternoon, just one, got an NFL game tonight. One bowl game this afternoon was um, New Mexico State. Was that today, New Mexico State beating Bowling Green? Yes. 24-19? Okay. Yeah, okay. all the way down. Okay, I want to make sure. 24-19, yeah, that was in the uh, quick lane bowl. In Detroit, so New Mexico State wins at 24-19 over Bowling Green. Uh, real quick before we get to calls, Panthers are signing Josh Norman uh, to um, fill in for Horn, who apparently broke his hand. And so uh, Josh Norman is uh, wrist. I'm sorry, Josh Norman, the former Coastal Carolina star, NFL veteran, going to get another crack at it. With the Panthers, all of a sudden, and Pat, I know you're excited. I'm excited about my Packers. We got the win yesterday. We're very much alive. All we need to do is win our next two at home against Minnesota and Detroit and have Washington lose once, and we're in. And believe it or not, who would have seen this six weeks ago? The Panthers are playing for the division lead at Tampa 
this coming Sunday. That's just freaky. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of us Panther fans last night, though, were, were pulling for the Cardinals to upset the Bucks, if you want to call it an upset, two equally bad teams. Um, but, yeah, the Panthers now have a chance and have to make it a point to give uh, interim head coach Steve Wilkes a lot of credit here. Agreed. Uh, he did not really get a lot of praise when he first came in and was promoted to, to, with the interim tag, but he has done nothing but get this team fired up. He's done a great job getting the defense motivated. Seemed like they almost were starting to wane a little bit there at the end with the previous coach, just not quite as into it, as intense as they had been. Wilkes has certainly gotten the best out of them. And then Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold on the offensive side. I, I, I don't want to call it a resurrection of his career, but he at least has been suitable these last few games complimenting that rushing attack. I mean, anytime you're able to, to run for, I don't have it in front of me, but it was over 300 yards in a game, that is, it's going to be tough to lose. With the way their defense is playing, and here, let me pull this up real fast. They had, uh, no, I don't have it in front of me. Never mind. But they had a lot, oh, there we go, uh, 320 yards rushing. It was just a fantastic all-around performance by them, and Steve Wilkes deserves a lot of credit. Chris, I want to get your thoughts as well, but then if we can, I'd like to circle back to the Panthers because I do have some beef for both the team and David Tepper. There were a lot of comments made post-game yesterday by both Lions players and Panthers players. I just think uh, Steve Wilkes does, deserves a lot of credit. You got rid of his best offensive weapon. He had no quarterback to speak of. Had to deal with Baker Mayfield until they found a way to jettison him out of town. They've had injuries, as Phil just pointed out, on the defensive side of the coin. And for whatever reason, they decided, let's go play instead of just – you know, tanking for the rest of the season, which they probably should have done. Now they're in the mix. You've got to go try and win the division because they've got a shot to make the playoffs. They're, what, a game back of Tampa Bay with two to play. I mean, it, it's a remarkable turnaround in Charlotte, one of the biggest surprises I think you've seen in the NFL year full of surprises. And I think Steve Wilkes, if, if they make the playoffs, he's got to be the head man moving forward. Has to be. Okay. 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number. To reach us here on Sports Talk, phone calls are lining up, so let's not delay as we go to your calls. And uh, first up tonight is going to be uh, – I lost my list. What we got first here, Pat? Uh, first, we are heading up to the upstate to visit with Ron up in Greenville. Ron in Greenville. Very good. Ron, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Happy holidays to you. Great to have you with us. Phil, I appreciate that. Same to you and uh, guys that work with you. You know, Phil, I mean, I don't mean by this. A lot of people don't understand the job that you guys do down in Columbia. For instance, uh, I know Chris has got Coastal, and you guys travel with Clemson, South Carolina, their away games and their bowl games. And uh, I know when I had my sports talk show, <laughs> I had to pay my own, my own fee when I went out of town. And, uh, you know, if y'all, if y'all don't have to, that's good. But, you know, it costs you a few dollars if you go for more than one day. And, <laughs> well, you know, we, uh, as, a, as a company, as a small business, fortunately, we're able to cover our costs. Nobody has to pay for it on their own. But I know exactly what you're talking about, Ron. And, of course, uh, I certainly remember your days covering the upstate and traveling around going to games. You'd be right there with us. So I know exactly what you're talking about. So y'all got some. Y'all got uh, somebody that takes care of your bills. 
Uh, well, yeah, thank goodness we have sponsors. We have um, folks who um, uh, advertise with us, and we have a little business thing going, absolutely. Feel, well, free, yeah, to, feel free to send us some dollars uh, our way from you. We'll advertise for you. I hear you. Uh, you know, I had, uh, I had a sponsor, but nobody paid my way. So, uh, But, you know, Clemson and South Carolina this coming week, uh, Clemson don't have their number one quarterback. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have their number one quarterback. And uh, Notre Dame, they got two quarterbacks missing, so they'll play their third-string quarterback this week. Yeah, it's it's strange, the bowl season. It's just, you know, you follow these teams all season long. If you're a fan, you root for these guys, this guy, this guy, and then, you know, you have a really good regular season. Okay, you don't make the playoffs, but you get to a nice bowl game, and then poof. Many key players are gone, but that's the world of college sports today that we have to accept. Appreciate it, Ron. Take care. Back in a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network on a Monday after the Christmas weekend, the end of Hanukkah and whatever else we might be celebrating out there. If you're still celebrating something, well, enjoy. Hope you're having a great time. If it's over for you, get over it, and let's get back to normal, which means talking sports here on Sports Talk. It's what we do. We don't talk politics if we can avoid it. We don't talk finances. We don't talk romance. We talk That's sports. That's a really good idea. <laughs> We talk sports, okay? It's what we were born to do. Phone number, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number. Back to your calls in a moment. A couple of lines are open if you want to join us. So, Chris, the Gamecock receiving situation. It's gotten getting kind of dire for them as they go into this bowl game. If I'm Shane Beamer, Phil, I've got to find a way to make sure I follow Antoine Wells around the uh, the remainder of the week and make sure he's available because you take him out of the mix with all the guys they've lost with Jalen Brooks and Josh Van and Jaheim Bell and Austin Stogner not available. The next leading receiver from this season below Juice Wells is Juju McDowell, one mm. of their running backs. So my question is, and you asked earlier about and want to pose this to the Gamecock fans, what they think after what we saw last year with Takarion Joyner at quarterback getting the uh, bowl game against North Carolina. Do you now run him out there full-fledged as a wide receiver just out of necessity? And do you maybe try and work Luke Doty in as well as a wide receiver and do some things with him just to get bodies out there? And you're not going to burn Doty's red shirt because of the new rule that came out a couple of weeks ago that will allow him to play in the ball game on Friday, I, to me, you've got to use any available option that they have because outside of Juju McDowell and Nate Atkins and Antoine Wells, uh, you and I have caught about as many passes this season as anybody else in a Gamecock uniform. Agreed, agreed. I expect the Gamecock offense to be full of surprises on Friday. I mean, I really do. Um, I mean, they're going without a true coordinator right now, and mm -hmm. why not? It's a bowl game. You're, you're down several key players on the offense. Uh, take advantage of Spencer Rattler as much as you can. It might be your last game with him. Who knows what he's going to do after the game. Might be your last game without Antoine Wells. I imagine those two will try to hook up quite a bit. By the way, 
Marcus Freeman from Notre Dame announced a little while ago after the team's practice that uh, he has settled on his starting quarterback. They're going to go back to their original quarterback, the guy who was starting the season before um, being injured. And so they have settled on their guy, and it is um, going to be uh, Tyler Buckner. Yeah, Tyler Buckner, announced by Marcus Freeman today in Jacksonville. That's the plan to start him at quarterback. He was their starter at the beginning of the season. Then he was hurt, and Pine took over and took him the rest of the way. So, obviously, uh, he's, got some, he's got some talent. He wouldn't be at Notre Dame if he didn't, and he must be uh, you know, good enough to impress the coaches to win the job. He's 6'1", 207. And as a freshman last year, he played in 10 games, was 21 of 35 for 298, 3 and 3. This year, before being hurt, he played in two games. He was 28 of 50. That's 56%, 378. No touchdowns, two interceptions. Remember, they got off. Well, they played Ohio State a very respectable game. Mm -hmm. Then they came home and, what, they got beat by uh, Marshall, I think it was, at home. So. Uh, and it was in that game he got hurt. So that's who the Gamecocks are going to see, Tyler Buckner, back at quarterback. That's got to be a bonus for Notre Dame to have a guy with some experience who's been a starter, was going to be the starter until getting hurt. So that's probably a bonus for the Notre Dame offense. But I expect Notre Dame to load it up and run the football or attempt to run the football against South Carolina with their – with their big offensive line, and that has kind of been their strength all season long. You saw what they did against Clemson. I mean, if they line up with that mindset and are able to run the ball like they did against Clemson, it could be a very tough day for South Carolina because that means Notre Dame's going to keep the football, eat up clock, and uh, if they don't score, leave the Gamecocks in tough field position. Phil, I don't know that USC can withstand that kind of – constant pounding up front on that front seven because sooner or later they're going to break one. I mean, you look at some of their running backs, they've got long rushes of 51, 46 yards, you know, 26 yards. What happens is they just continue to pound into the middle of the line, and sooner or later you weaken, you get tired, and they bust one for a touchdown. And this is a team that rushed for 200, uh, excuse me, over 2,000 and uh, almost 2,200 yards and 22 touchdowns. That if they don't come out with a shoot, I'm, I might even go back old school. If I'm Notre Dame, I'll line up yeah. in the wishbone and say, here it comes. Stop it if you can. Yeah. I mean, they're so good up front with that offensive line, that would not be a bad way to go. Now, especially knowing the Gamecocks are going to be without their starting nose tackle in Pickens. They're going to be without a starting defensive end in Edmond. Uh, of course, now you also know they're, they're going to be down their two starting corners. So if you're the offensive coordinator, you might be tempted to attack those corners some through the air. It all depends on how you feel about Buckner and how healthy he is. But I think they're going to run the football. They average 41 rushes per game. So that has been their M.O. I don't expect them to change from that okay guys real uh, quick if i may yeah. add one more thing just you certainly may go right go, ahead going back to the receiving aspect for the gamecocks i realized last year he did this more with his legs and through the air but could we see to carry on joiner as the hero for the gamecocks for a second straight bowl game just this time as a receiver it He's could still be available. him it could be him it could be uh who knows it could be uh atkins atkins was kind of a hero against clemson kind of came out of nowhere uh, who knows who it's going to be? I do think you're going to see uh, – now, if you're Notre Dame, defensively, do you double up on Wells? Do you say you're not going to beat us and uh, we're going to put two guys on you, we're always going to have somebody, a safety over the top with you, whatever. 
you got to keep an eye on him, especially for the deep ball. So if you take him away, of course, Xavier Leggett has improved and has shown that he can make catches down the field. Uh, and then there's Joyner as well. After that, it gets pretty thin for them at wide receiver, to be quite honest with you. Okay, uh, phone number 888-898-2525. Get back to your phone calls here on Sports Talk on this Monday after. Some Beamer comments coming up and some uh, comments from Zach Willis live as he breaks it down. He'll have some good suggestions about what the teams are going to be doing uh, for their bowl games. Uh, There'll be media tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday with Clemson and again tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday with the Gamecocks. Have that all covered for you. So we go to Andy in Columbia. And Andy, good to have you with us. Sorry that your big signing is uh, falling apart. The Mets will be just, uh, you know, in shambles once again. It was nice for a couple of hours. Hope you enjoyed it. I don't call one player in shambles. We'll see what happens at the end of the week. Mm. First off, good, good evening to you, Mr. Corn, Chris, and Pat. Now, Corn. Yes. All last week you were talking about Eric Wilson. I don't know who this Eric Wilson guy is, but I guarantee he's going to have a better arm than Zach Wilson, so let's bring him into the fold. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. Exactly right. Maybe you should have had Eric Wilson at quarterback. I mean, I have no idea who Eric Wilson is, but I swear he couldn't do any worse. Yeah. What we're saying. Now, Corn, go back a year. Were we not talking about who's going to be playing quarterback for the South Carolina, North Carolina football game last year? We didn't know what was going to go on there. And look at what happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe Coach Beamer is at his best when his back is against the wall. But we'll find out on Friday and see what goes on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, Lenoris Sellers, watching him doing for a championship game. He was throwing the ball quite often. Maybe Chris knows more about this than you. Was throwing the ball quite often to his brother, which I'm not sure of his brother's name. But he looked pretty good out there. What year is he? What kind of recruit is he? Is there a possibility that we might see the the Sellers brothers playing together at South Carolina? That's entirely possible. His name is Jaden. He's in the 2025 class, and South Carolina's already offered him. So that is a chance. That is a chance. He looked pretty good in the the championship game. I don't know if he was playing against a lot worse talent than he was playing against, but he looked pretty good, I thought. Yeah, yeah. He is – I think he might have been South Florence's leading receiver. If not, he was right up there near the top. And uh, did you get a chance to see him play in person, Chris, as you were calling games this year? Phil, I did not. I did not get to see South play. I got to see West Florence play in person. They actually squared off against Sankesty. I did not get to see South until the uh, final couple of games of the year, and I was awfully impressed. And you talk about Jaden. Here's a kid of the uh, 40 touchdowns that Lenore has had, to speak to Andy's point. Ten of them went to him and 705 yards. I'm, I'm like you. I don't have their stats directly in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he was their leading receiver, not just in yards, but also in touchdown receptions and receptions period with 35. Yeah. Yeah, good player from all accounts. He's um, 5'11", 160 pounds right now, and he is just in the um, 10th grade. He'll be in the yeah, 11th grade. Yep. So, you know, he'll probably grow to be 6'1", 6'2", throw another 20, 25 pounds on him. He'll have a nice, uh, solid receiver there. Okay, Andy, you called the right place to get an answer to your question. Do you appreciate the deep knowledge that we have? 
Hey, I wouldn't call y'all if I didn't appreciate what you gave back, but sometimes, you know, I feel like knocking a child the head for what you give back, but, you know, we give and we take. A um, couple other quick questions, if you don't mind. Um, number one, I thought the SEC Media Days was at the Galleria. Was yes, it, it is not. Has it not been at the Galleria forever? I mean, because I remember I opened a restaurant at the Galleria in 88. Yeah. And no, it was I at the it was at the, the Sheraton. It was at the Sheraton. I don't think the gallery has been a, been around. Well, you said you ate at the gallery in '88. No, I opened a restaurant in the gallery in '88. Really? Yeah. When what I restaurant was that? The, um, Silver Spoon Cafe. It was huh. part of the um, Ruby Tuesdays. Um, you mean in, in Hoover in Hoover, Alabama? Yeah, in the yeah. gallery. Yeah. 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 yeah, right there. Were you in that little that little restaurant area, that little circular restaurant area? Well, it have... was like when you came when you came out of the hotel, if you went to the right, that corner down there. Yeah, we were right there on the right. Yeah, yeah. Right before you went out the door there. Well, how about that? How about that? Yeah, I can't give you the yeah. exact year because uh, I didn't pay any attention to SEC Media Days until um, USC joined the league in '92. Then it was a couple more years before I actually went. Actually, I could they. They're so big on their SEC media days, they keep a history of where it's been held every year. Um, but my recollection that, for me, it started at the Sheridan. It was there for many years. Then they moved it to the Galleria. Uh, and now they, you know, they're bouncing it around between the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta and Hoover, and there's talk of having it in Dallas you know, in the future. So they're trying to market it. I mean, the SEC believes – Outside of the SEC championship game and Alabama playing Auburn, this was the biggest event of the football season. Yeah. One last thing. It's going to be a pity for the Panthers. If he missed my joke. Up. He just flat out missed my joke there, Chris. I mean, <laughs> it I just, was pretty good, though. I just laid a good one on the <laughs> SEC, and he just went right over his head. Bang. problem is I'm I have, not sure I, you're I wrong. I feel sorry for yeah, the really. <laughs> if it's going to be a one game that they're going to lose by, because it's all because of one player taking his helmet off. And that's going to cost them the division championship. Oh, oh, oh that that happened, what, didn't it? Yeah, wouldn't that hurt? That would hurt. That would yeah. hurt extremely bad. And you know okay. what? Yes, sir. In my opinion, Steve, um, Mr. Wilkes should be the next coach for at least a year of this of this Panthers up there because he's doing a great job. Yes, he, he is. Deserves another, he deserves well, another. didn't he get? Didn't he, he get the really? A bad deal. He was the head coach with the, with Cardinals. the Cardinals, and didn't they yeah. like, like shortchange him the way they handled him? Not even a year. I think it was a year, and they kind of blew him off to the side. And look what they got now. I mean, you know, yeah. They get plus they, he's they got a North Carolina great, great guy too. Coach. Yeah, he is. Okay. He's from Charlotte. Isn't yeah, he grew he up in Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, he'd be he'd be great for him. But you know what the problem is? The man who runs the team and pays the money. That's the problem. But you gentlemen have a great evening. Join it. Y'all have a good – Chris, good luck tomorrow. Hopefully they won't run out of pizza in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> I'll that make joke, sure to get a slice early, Andy. <laughs> that joke will never end. There's no pizza involved. And thank you. There's no pizza involved in this game anymore, is it? I don't think so. And they play at Protective Stadium. So I, I don't know if that's – you know, if we fall and get hurt, they've got insurance already covered for us or how that works. But, yeah, no, no Papa John's involved at all. I mean, there's Probably no sponsor, right? It's just it's just no, pure Birmingham, Bowl. Birmingham right. Bowl, which means you know ESPN wanted to have another game, they couldn't find a sponsor, so they're paying it, oh, paying no, the freight themselves. Ticket, Ticket Smarter actually is sponsoring the uh, game. Who, who is? Ticket Smarter. It's one Ticket of the uh, ticket apps. Okay. That you can buy your tickets to sporting events and concerts and the like. So yeah, Ticket Smarter is the 
is the sponsor of the Birmingham Bowl. Excellent, excellent. Okay, um, let's hit our break. We'll come back with more phone calls, 888-898-2525. South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number here on Sports Talk. You'll be lucky to get through to us tonight because we're awfully busy, but we're going to continue with your phone calls. And to Brandon Dunn from Channel 15, is that it in Myrtle Beach? Yes, um, uh, yeah. the ABC affiliate. Yeah, he tweeted out that Coastal's going to make uh, a bunch of moves with their coaching staff. Several are going to be moving on with uh, Jamie Chadwell to uh, Liberty. And he said um, most of this will be announced after the bowl game. And we'll be back. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at SCCattle.org. Beef. It's What's for Dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Hope, life, and the Great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. We are back on Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Great to have you with us on this Monday night. 888-898-2525 is the phone number. Let's continue with your phone calls. Hope everybody had a great holiday. You're feeling really, really good, and you're ready for this week of football. Let's go to Gamecock Larry in Swansea with us next. Gamecock Larry, great to have you with us. Hope you had a tremendous Christmas yesterday, and you're ready for some football this week, sir. Yes, sir. I had a good Christmas. Hope everybody else had a great one. But uh, I have, I'm going to have to get the Mexicans to Rangers and insulin, but I don't jack my sugar up. But that's all right. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you something. Yes. I've been thinking about this two games uh, Friday. Well, uh, I can't talk no trash about Notre Dame because I don't know much about them, but I do know they got. They said they got four players that's not going to play. Well, one of them is not going to play at the end, but the other three didn't even get on the field, so they only missed one player. 
And, uh, and oh yeah, I can't talk much trash about them, so I gotta guess I gotta talk a little bit of trash to old Dabo. Oh. Dabo, Dabo, 30 down, 335 to go. Remember, it's been 2,000, I can't read my writing, 2,190 days since I could talk trash, and that don't count the COVID season. So I'm going to talk trash to you, Debo. And as uh, Gamecocks going to win Friday, and I don't care about Clemson and Tennessee. I don't care if nobody wins. Because I, I don't like orange. I don't even eat orange. I don't like orange. But uh, I remember when old Dabo started this streak, he made a statement. He said, I'm going to put a fence around the players in South Carolina, and they going to come to Clemson. Well, Dabo, you must have left, or you must have left the gate open this year. Because we got four out of the five. And I don't even think you got one. But I'm going to tell you, I'm feeling good. Oh, I feel good. Yeah. I know. Phil, you remember the, you remember them bad days we used to have back a long time ago? Uh, 21 day game, lose, 21 game, lose freaking all that. I know you do. Well, but I you don't remember that. Yep. You done switched over to be a Clemson fan. I don't think you like the games talk too much. You a you a I can tell the Clemson in your voice. But let me tell you something. <laughs> I love oh, all y'all. I, I, I keep you guessing. I, I keep you guessing. <laughs> I love all y'all. Keep it. Keep. Let me listen a little bit. I ain't got no radio, but let me listen a little bit and see what you got to say. Go game cops. Close that gate, Davo. Close that gate. Go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Aren't we remedying his situation with the uh, radio pad? Aren't we doing something about that to help old uh, Gamecock Larry be able to pick up the airwaves once again? Yep, he'll be Phil, fine. I'm, yeah, I'm concerned, Phil. He actually said he's got no radio. He didn't say he couldn't pick up the show. He said he had no radio. Yeah, he told us this the other night, and um, I think we're taking action to fix that, aren't we, Pat? <laughs> yep, he'll be all taken care of. He's good. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, here's more from Notre Dame and their practice today among the missing players. This is by one of their beat writers. Now, this is because of confirmed travel delays. Uh, linebacker Junior Tui Halamaka, safety Ramon very Henderson. Nice. You like that? Tui Halamaka. Well, listen, when you can master DJ Uyanglele, you can handle Junior Tui Halamaka. Safety Ramon. Oluwatelson uh, uh, Babalati, too. That, that's coming. Yep. Safety Ramon Henderson, cornerback Tariq Bracey, cornerback Chance Tucker, receiver Matt Salerno, place kicker Chris Salerno, place kicker Josh Bryan, defensive lineman Tyson Ford, and defensive tackle Gabriel Rubio. Also, defensive tackle Jason Adamalola was present uh, but watched from the sideline in sweats. He missed the senior day game with a concussion. He has returned for bowl prep. Uh, so there you go with some notes coming out of the Notre Dame practice. We told you uh, from South Carolina that Josh Van is definitely out, and I would 
certainly assume now Jalen Brooks is not going to play for the Gamecocks either. Let's go to Hank in Columbia, next with us here on Sports Talk. And, Hank, welcome in. Great to have you with us. Hey, I'm doing fine, Phil. I was, Good. Andy hit it, hit it on the head. I almost could have dropped off. I said it seemed like we were having these discussions before Charlotte last uh, about who would play, <laughs> how would the offense go, things of that nature. <laughs> yep, yep. That's yeah, right. The same questions going into last year's bowl game, and they shocked everybody. I mean, they were really outside of the championship games, the semifinals and all that. South Carolina's performance was the talk of college football in many quarters. Yeah, because remember, Enoch Barry wasn't playing, and there was a couple of others, and we had the same things. I think all of the teams have it at this point. Um, I, I would say a couple of things. Um, when you talk about how Notre Dame played Clemson, you got to throw in how bad uh, Youngerle played and how Clemson turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember that was not one of Clemson's finer offensive moments or special teams games. No. No, but that, you know, is, as, they, as they gave a lot Sweeney of help said after Notre the game, <laughs> as Sweeney said after the game, and you're right, Uyongalele played very poorly until the second half, kind of got it going. But he said Uyongalele, he didn't miss the tackles. He didn't allow Notre Dame to run for all that yardage. And um, yeah. he, uh, you know, he wasn't, he was trying to deflect a lot of that blame off of Uyongalele. It was a complete yeah, team loss by Clemson <laughs> that night. Yeah, yeah. He, but he, I mean, uh, one of the things was with the turnovers and stuff, once Notre Dame got up, that's what allowed them to rely on that running game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that wasn't uh, the I only game different. they've run the ball well now. I mean, they've had success well, they, they've throughout had to run the season it, running the football. At the beginning of the year, you remember, they weren't throwing it bad. They weren't throwing it well. That's what caused them in the marshal. So they've had to run it. So, I, you know, I, like we said, I load the box. They loaded up the run. We load the box, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I think so. Okay, got to go, Hank. A great call. Appreciate it as always. Top of the hour break, and we'll be right back here on Sports Talk. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Hour number two of Sports Talk. Chris has departed the premises to take care of business in Birmingham with the Coastal Carolina Network and the football team there in Birmingham getting ready for their bowl game tomorrow. So Pat and I will soldier on. Tomorrow night I'll be – where will I be tomorrow night? Oh, tomorrow night I'll be in Florida. We'll be in Florida tomorrow night. Uh, preparing for uh, our coverage beginning really Wednesday with Clemson and really Wednesday with South Carolina. Uh, Three shows from Florida, Wednesday, Thursday, and, of course, game day on Friday. So looking forward to that. And uh, it was 42 degrees in Miami yesterday as the Packers beat the Dolphins. Supposed to be much warmer. Of course, supposed to be warmer in South Carolina as the week progresses as well. It's going to be much warmer down in South Florida. Might even have to put on the Speedo and the um, the wife beater, uh, throw a little tan, little little uh, tanning lotion on, and um, you know bronze up the body. Come back uh, to South Carolina in January, uh, looking like a new man. Just a thought. In the meantime, South Carolina is in Florida, in Jacksonville, which is really, in my opinion, not Florida but South Georgia, but they call it North Florida. 
And the Gamecocks are on the practice field today for the first time there in Jacksonville. A few minutes were open to the media at the beginning. And then afterwards, a gaggle session with head coach Shane Beamer talking to the media. Here are some questions and answers from the Gamecock head coach. You know, revamped that chart. Um, just but how, how much does that play into adjusting the playbook? I mean, a little and not a lot at all. What do you have to do to – Yeah, a little bit. Out? Obviously, we're down – well, there's four tight ends that played in the Clemson game, and three of them aren't here right now. So to say that we're going to be able to do – two tight end sets is very irresponsible to say, you know, and to think that we're going to be able to play Nate Atkins every single play of the game. So certainly uh, it limits what you can do, if anything, out of two tight end sets because we really don't have a second tight end. Um, you know, so that changes things, plays, but, but um, just with different people doing it. And then again, at the same time, it's, you know, you got to be creative. We were in a bind last year as well in that bowl game and didn't have a couple running backs and didn't have a couple quarterbacks and and I had some guys out with COVID. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff going on last year. So, um, find a way. How are Van and Brooks? What are their status? Uh, Van is uh, not here right now. He won't play this week. Um, um, Brooks, uh, doubtful. You know, still working through some things off the field. You decided you going to call plays? and I have, want, but I'm not it? telling you guys. Um, <laughs> But again, it's a group effort. You know, everything that we put in, we've been working on as an offense all month, and the offensive staff is putting the game plan together. and And the play calling part of it, to me, gets you know, is a little overrated in the sense that you've decided on a lot of what you're doing during the week and during the prep. And obviously, you got to have a feel for calling plays on game day and things like that. But but uh, we got good coaches on that offense, and and um, and uh, good players. And it's up to us to put together a good plan for them. Is you having a film on Tyler Buckner to get a feel for? Not much. Um, no, not much. Yeah, not really. You know, you go back and you see the two games, and you see he's a really talented quarterback, and uh, Drew Pine's a really talented quarterback, and they made Tyler the starter to start the season. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. You see his athleticism being able to run, so we've got to do a great job with the quarterback run game. You see the athleticism and his ability to throw the football, for sure. Uh, but no, it's not a lot. You know, you got to go back, and we've done this with him and the backup quarterback. Go back and watch high school tape, even, you know, just to analyze and, and watch him as players. But he's a talented guy. You're not named the starting quarterback for game one at Notre Dame uh, if you're not a talented quarterback. And the same thing goes with the tight end position. I mean, Notre Dame's sending off a lot of tight ends to the NFL. Yeah. So is the guy behind Mayer look like. I'd say they're all good. I mean, you're right. Every single year, it seems like Notre Dame's got a big NFL prototype tight end. And obviously, he was a really productive guy and a weapon in their passing game that they targeted an unbelievable amount of times. So that's certainly a, a big loss for him. But they've got capable uh, they've got capable tight ends for sure. It's not like they don't. We don't have the bodies right now. They've got the bodies at tight end. They just don't have the experience that that uh, maybe the other guy did for them. Shane, I realize that Pup Howard's out here practicing. Is yep. he eligible to no. play? Okay. Just practice. Sorry, I'm choosing thing. Uh, just practice. He's out here. Um, you know, we gave him the option, and he's a football player, man. So he just wanted to come out here and, and practice. And what about Anthony Rose? Is he eligible? He's eligible. Do you think he might get out there? I do. Yeah. With, with the practices as a whole for, for the bowl, how, how would you characterize how things have gone? Just kind of cross the board last year. Really good. Really good. Um, I've really been proud of him. You know, we told them, I think I told you guys this, I mean, we told the players in the first team meeting that if you're in this room 
you're telling us that this bowl game is really, really important to you. And um, the way they've practiced and the way they've handled themselves has shown me that. I mean, it's been some of the, even going back to Columbia, like the ones, once you get down here, it's exciting. You're at the bowl site and all that. But the ones in Columbia, when exams are over and Christmas is coming up and you're the only people in town or the only people on campus, those are the ones at some places I've seen that just drag and they can't, they, sometimes they're not good. But that wasn't the case with our guys this year. I mean, they were, uh, they were awesome. It was actually some of the most uh, fun and energetic and competitive practices that, that we've had uh, all season. They, they've practiced um, they've practiced the right way, that's for sure. Same with that right tackle position. What have you seen from Kaysen, and how do you balance maybe giving Sean that opportunity to see what you have? Yeah, we've rotated those offensive linemen quite a bit this year, and, and uh, you know, we've played, what, seven, eight every game, and, and um, you know, certainly Tyshawn was a starter in 2021, and, and we feel like he's a starter in 2022. Uh, so he's a talented player. And then Kaysen's a guy that he's really gotten better every single week in practice. And, um, you know, he's a guy you're only allowed to take 70 players to every away game. We traveled Kaysen to every away game this year because he was that close to playing. Um, plus, we would actually spend some extra time with him on the road trips and just get some extra meeting time and things like that and take advantage of that. But he's a guy that I think is going to be a really, really, really good player for us um, as, uh, as he moves forward in his career. And he's a guy that has really gotten better as this year has gone on as well. And we've got a ton of confidence in him. Yeah, I don't want to say he's 100 percent, but he's full go. He's uh, he did everything today, David. In Columbia, he was a little bit limited where we were just kind of building him up each day. But he was uh, he was 100 percent full go today. There's nothing we held him out of. And, um, you know, he may tell you his body feels 100 percent. I don't know. But as far as uh, being cleared to do everything, yes, he did everything today. And with Carroll out behind him, who, what's the depth look like that position? Juju? Um, Juju, um, Juju, CBS, and, and Rashad Amos would be the top, you know, top three right now. And then after that, you got to get creative. How about your defensive end? You're down a couple starters there. You had some young guys towards here. What have you seen from the Brian Thomas Jr., the Hot Rock Fitness, those guys this week? Yeah, they've. Uh, those are also guys. Brian's continued to get better, played for us this year. Obviously, when Jordan Strong went out in uh, game one, that elevated Brian's role pretty quickly. And he's a guy that, that uh, can really rush the passer and, and uh, has gotten better. Hot Rod's a solid guy, veteran guy as well. So, you know, obviously, we were we were thin at that position going into the season. Then we got really thin when Jordan Strawn got hurt. Then we got really, 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 really thin with what's happened over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, that's uh, that's okay. We got good players, and it's the next man up. So with that, you've had some defensive – I mean, you've had a lot of defensive backs that have played – young defensive backs that have played this year. you got some more guys in that position now with, with Cam and Rush not playing, I guess. What have you seen from that group? How do they kind of take and do that? But the young DBs? Yeah. Kind of the same thing. You know, I mean, we – we play a lot of defensive backs during games anyway, whether it be nickel packages, dime packages, or packages with even seven DBs on the field. Uh, so we've always tried to rotate a lot of guys. I mean, Kawan Banks was in there against Clemson on a, the key third down. And um, so he's a guy that, that has gotten better. And, and uh, you know, Emory Floyd, Keenan Nelson, uh, we, we do a lot of just because you're red shirting doesn't mean we like 
put you to the side and we see you in spring practice. Like we spent a lot of time during the season trying to develop guys and, and getting a lot of good on good work against our offense and defense. And those guys have utilized it and have gotten better. And, and uh, Torian's done a great job coaching all those guys up. And, and uh, you know, last year, I guess we played this game without what Cam and, and whoever else was out there. I know we were down some DBs, but I mean, Isaiah Norris was a guy that played in the bowl game last year as well. So, you know, they've, they've uh, They've gotten experience, and we'll need them this week. Son, a couple of guys since we spoke to you last, could you speak to more sellers and Yeah, um, two really, really, really uh, good players. Uh, Vicari, talented athlete, you know, defensive back, wide receiver. Uh, we think he's got a chance to be big time, kind of like when I, I think I talked to you guys about Jalen Kilgore and how every time, every week when I watched his tape, he was just making all kinds of plays in all three phases. That's the same thing with Vicari uh, as well. We're really excited about him. And then Lenoris is a guy, I mean, what can you say? He's a, he, is, he had a special senior season as a quarterback this year. Um, he was a guy that obviously, I guess, he had some injuries his junior year. We had him, his team came over. Uh, Coach Marlowe brought his team over for our seven on seven camp. Uh, this past summer and we watched him in camp and we're just blown away by some of the plays he made in that in, in camp and in, in competitive seven on seven settings and then we told him that day like look we want to watch your tape and we're and and at that point um you know we weren't like we didn't have a bunch of quarterback offers out there i think there was one that ended up going somewhere else and then we uh watched low norris's tape each week throughout the season and Every week, he was just lighting people up, and um, and I think he's he's got a I think he's got a really big future in front of him, and great young man, and and uh, ton of respect for him. Obviously, he wanted to handle the situation with Syracuse the right way, and and felt a great sense of loyalty to those guys, which I respect. And uh, he had a hard time telling Syracuse no. Um, and I have respect for that. He just wanted to do things the right way, but certainly circumstances changed at Syracuse with some changes on their coaching staff and circumstances changed at our place uh, as well. And, and um, you know, excited that he's going to stay in state and appreciate Marquis Anderson and Montague and those guys recruiting the, you know what, out of him at the Shrine Bowl too from what, from what they were telling me. They were texting me all week, you know, during let me know all the recruiting stuff they were doing up there too. With Vicari starting out at defensive back and then kind of going from there, you know, I mean, the more you can do, the better. But uh, for us, we think he's got a chance to be a really, really talented defensive back. And, you know, certainly there's no question what he can do with the ball in his hands and in the return game and things like that as well. But he's uh, he's a really good football player, but we'll, we'll start him at defensive back and then kind of go from there. Any other transfers you can speak about right now? Or? I don't think so. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't even know who, if anybody else has announced or said anything, so I don't want to steal anybody's thunder. But I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, when do I see you guys again? Press conference two days from now. Probably then. I'll probably have some more information for you. What was with the shorts? Practice. What ruined that decision? I always wear them. They're getting soft. Um, no, I always wore them. I think I wore pants to one practice this year, and somebody asked me like, what was wrong and why am I wearing pants? So. 
after the cold weather in South Carolina, this is like a heat wave down here <laughs> today. So the sun came out. If it had been cloudy and windy, it might have rethought it. But and honestly, that thing I didn't pack sweatpants, so I had to wear shorts anyway. I mean, I'm wearing these, but this is just what I'm wearing around the hotel. As far as the bag I had for practice, I didn't have any any long pants on them. But I'm a shorts guy. What's on the schedule this afternoon? Uh, for coaches, work. We'll go back and watch the practice tape and and. Uh, and uh, get ready for practice tomorrow. Um, players actually have the afternoon off. The Gator Bowls, you know, they do a great job of balancing, giving the players free time and then also activities. So they don't have any activities today. So for them, I'm sure, you know, they were up this morning. We had a, they had to be downstairs at 7.15 this morning. So I'm sure for some of them, it'll be a, a nap. Um, enjoy the beach, whatever else is going on out there uh, today, but not much. Today's kind of a low key day. And, and uh, then they got the night free and, Coaching staff, we're doing a little staff dinner at a local restaurant tonight, and that's about it. Get ready to go again tomorrow. All right, there you go. That is what Shane Beamer had to say to the media already in Jacksonville today after practice, standing by the bus, as you no doubt could tell. They're having a good time, and, you know, bowls are a lot of fun. If you're not tied up in the playoffs, bowls are a lot of fun. You get to go to the beach. You get to go to restaurants. You get to do some community service. You get to practice a little football. It's it's different. The the playoffs, the semifinals, that's all business. You don't even arrive there um, until a, a few days before the actual game, and then it's it's practice, press conference, press conference, practice. They don't uh, they don't treat it like a, a regular bowl game. It's it's treated differently because it's the playoffs. And that's what everybody is striving for. Okay. Uh, Shane Beamer, by the way, uh, Clemson uh, did practice today. There was no media allowed at Clemson's practice today. There was no media after practice. So next time we'll hear from the Tigers will be uh, tomorrow when they have a formal press conference at the Orange Bowl. Uh, it will be the uh, offensive folks. Yeah, be the offensive uh, uh, coordinator, Brandon Streeter, and some offensive players from the Tigers meeting with the media. We'll have that covered for you tomorrow here on uh, Sports Talk on the website, sportstalksc.com. We hit the break, and when we come back, we'll give you the recruiting report for tonight. Bottom of the hour, Zach Willis will join us. Oh, by the way, that not-so-subtle comment that Beamer made talking about transfer, got to believe, got to believe he's talking about Joshua Simon, the tight end from Western Kentucky, who's been talked about and projected to transfer to South Carolina ever since he put his name in the portal. He hasn't gone public yet, but sounds like could be happening soon. Hit the break, and we'll be back. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. You were always more than my mom. You were my role model, my best friend, and biggest supporter. You filled my days with unconditional love. And you also prepared for the day when you couldn't be here. Because of the woman you were back then, 
I'm able to be the woman I am now. Your planning made this moment possible. Set your family up for life. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance. Your friends for life. Life insurance isn't for you. It's for those you love the most. For a complete insurance review, call Buddy Bridges in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. Serving Lawrence, Clinton, and the shores of Lake Greenwood. Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Not licensed to do business in all 50 states. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Give you the recruiting report here on Sports Talk on this Monday night. Christmas season, Hanukkah season never ends for recruiting. It's the gift that keeps on giving every night here on Sports Talk. And it is brought to you by Seawells. Now, Seawells remains closed until what day this week, Pat? Can we get back to Seawells? Is it Wednesday, Thursday, you recall? No, it, it's actually going to be closed for another entire week. They do not reopen until uh, Wednesday, January the 4th. So, well, got, I am got about totally, 10 more days. I am totally opposed to that. I mean, I understand you got to go on holiday and take a break. But, I mean, where are we supposed to eat? Of course, I'm not going to be in Columbia this week anyway. Pat, where are you supposed to eat if you can't go to Seawells to get your uh, your meat and three? Dave and Buster's. I hear uh, they have good food, good good games, good drinks. You can let the kids go play while you enjoy a, a nice frosty beverage and a nice a nice bite to eat. Nice follow up. Good job, Dave and Buster's. We recommend highly as well. But for a buffet, for a buffet, we recommend Seawells. And when they are back at it with their daily lunch and buffet, you will not be disappointed. Eleven to two. In non-holiday days, Monday through Friday. And don't re- forget Seawells when you need somebody to handle your important catering needs. Just make the simple phone call and talk to Cal Seawell and let the Seawell staff take care of all your needs. 803-771-7385 is the number. SeawellsCateringSC.com online is how you can learn more. So recruiting-wise... 2024 linebacker Andrew Hines III, 6'1", 215, Atlanta, named a top dozen on Sunday. USC is in the list, along with Harvard, Cal, Ole Miss, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, Wake Forest, West Virginia, Illinois, Missouri, Nebraska, and Duke. He visited USC for the Clemson game in 2021. He's also visited Clemson multiple times, but the Tigers haven't offered at this point. USC is among the top 10 schools named over the weekend by defensive tackle Camarion Franklin, 6'5", 260, Lake Cormorant, Mississippi. The others on his list are Tennessee, Texas A&M, Miami, Mississippi State, Alabama, Ole Miss, Texas, Florida State, Michigan. Clemson is in the top 10 with wide receiver Alex Taylor of Greensboro, North Carolina. The others on his list are North Carolina, Auburn, Wake Forest, East Carolina, Missouri, Penn State, West Virginia, NC State, Virginia Tech, 
He visited Clemson during the season for the NC State game. He also visited earlier in the year. NC State also appears to be strong with him at this point. Former Clemson quarterback DJ Uyangale <clears throat> announced over the weekend that he is transferring to Oregon State. During his Clemson career, Uyangale played in 35 games. He completed 59.8% of 861 passes for 5,681 yards and 36 touchdowns with 17 interceptions. He's also uh, He also rushed for 919 yards and 15 touchdowns. Pat, in your memory, has any quarterback at Clemson done more but been appreciated less than D.J. Uyangale? Was he just unfortunate to follow the quarterback that he followed? Oh, man, that is tough. Put me on the spot here a bit. Um, I mean, Kelly Bryant comes to name. He did, he did help lead the team to the playoff, but similar to DJ, sorry, it is what it is. The defense deserves a heck of a lot of credit. Um, that's a great question, Phil, but the only name that comes off the tip of my tongue here is Kelly Bryant. I don't think he ever was quite appreciated for what he did for the Tigers. Yeah, I would agree. That's a that's a great analogy or a great um, a great um, 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 example to point as well. So yeah, I agree with that. Okay, we continue with our notes here, and we've got. Uh, let's see, we did that. Uh, well, I'm going to fill in a few Friday notes here for some of you who might not have been with us on Friday. USC commitment defensive end Xavion Hardy did not hear back from the NCAA clearinghouse on Friday, so he did not sign, will not sign until February 1st. Said he remains locked in with the Gamecocks. Uh, USC 2024 commitment quarterback Dante Reno not yet decided if he'll enroll next month and join the 23 class. He said they're going to wait and see how everything plays out after the bowl game for now. USC has seven quarterbacks right now, including Lenora Sellers. So Reno is waiting to see what attrition there might be after the bowl game. Woodland offensive tackle James Mosley committed to Newberry, AC Flora, running back Markel Townsend signed with Lehigh, Clemson and USC target 2024 wide receiver Jonathan Paler of Burlington, North Carolina, was offered by Colorado, and Paul Strelo with Tiger Illustrated reported this morning that Greenville High offensive tackle. Blake Franks is going to announce his college decision right now on February 7th in conjunction with his mother's birthday. Plans to take a couple of visits in January. Clemson is going to be one of those stops for him. Tiger's going to have a junior day on January 28th. South Carolina got him in for the last weekend before the dead period began. I would imagine the Gamecocks will get him back on campus as well. Now, this figure in January, this kind of figures to be a battle between the Tigers and the Gamecocks for Blake Franks, 6'5", 305, emerging as one of the top prospects in the state for 2024. Okay, there you go with recruiting. Brought to you by Seawells. Don't forget to check it out on our website, sportstalksc.com, on Twitter, hashtag STRecruiting. We'll be back. Zach Willis is coming up. (laughs) 
It is football week in South Carolina. We have games to play. We have games to prepare for. We have games to talk about. We have games to analyze and to do that as we do every football week in South Carolina on Monday. A visit with the coach, Zach Willis, first and 10. He's first up with 10 minutes, though we may give him more tonight because we have a lot to cover. First of all, Coach, hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great Christmas with the family and everybody got what they were looking for. I think they did, Phil, and my birthday is on the 30th, so hopefully I'll get what I'm looking for with two wins out of our in-state teams. Don't forget three. We got Coastal Carolina, too. Oh, okay. Three then. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like you've got a touch of what a lot of people are dealing with right now, this little uh, nasally stuff that's going around. Absolutely do, but you know I watched Michael Jordan faint and score over forty in an NBA Finals game with the flu, so I think I can carry forward. <laughs> Did he really have the flu? There's some people who think he was, he was faking the whole thing. I I never doubt Michael Jordan. He never yeah. pro- he never proved anything to me, but he was a real deal. But who knows? Yeah, yeah. He and, could Elvis, score. And, and Elvis is still alive too. And Elvis is still know. alive. Yeah, he could score. <laughs> Listen, Michael Jordan could score forty on you know with his leg in a cast. You know, against most against most people. So, well, I and, hope you feel and my, better, and, and I'm and I'm glad you're with us. Um, it, it's since we last talked to you, I, I guess it was what after the after the South Carolina uh, Clemson weekend. Um, so much has changed for all these teams, not just our in our state. I mean, all over the country, so much has changed. You wonder about how much the losses affect the, the chemistry, the character, the makeup of a team, and how they're going to play when they go out there in, in these bowl games. Now, you know, South Carolina, for example, last year went out and did a nice job and beat North Carolina with a very surprising offensive attack that North Carolina never prepared for and never adjusted to. Uh, you wonder if they've got to do some of the same this time to, to beat Notre Dame. I think they do, feel, but I think they're up to it. You know, Shane Beamer has shown us that he's not only resilient but very creative as a coach, as a head coach and directing his program. Um, you know, they changed their approach mid-season, really middle to late season, and had to really career-defining wins in doing what they did. And I think they'll be – my money would be that they'll come out and play extremely well. They've – They've lost a lot of people, but so has Notre Dame, including Notre Dame's starting quarterback, and that's a massive loss with South Carolina hanging on to Rattler, who is obviously a difference maker. Yeah. Well, when you look at this South Carolina offense, though, Coach, um, I mean, leading rusher is gone. Um, yep. Now, leading receivers back, but supporting receivers are gone, are not going to play. Van and Brooks in all likelihood. Van definitely out. Brooks, I believe, is definitely – well, is most likely not going to play. Um, how many tight ends are gone? A bunch of them. Stalker's gone. Jaheim Bell's gone. Yeah. Um, the starting right tackle is gone. I mean, that's hard when you lose them after a season and you've got spring practice and fall camp. It's hard to replace that kind of talent with that much time, much less the few practices you get for a bowl game. Well, it is, and it goes back to this whole this whole new system that basically the Supreme Court unleashed on the college football, but really without a whole lot of notice from what I understand, if they've got to correct this, there's two things that, that need to happen. Number one is they need to develop, they need to basically treat it like the NFL and have a con, these kids sign contracts when they sign so that they're, you know, they're going to get compensated with NIL. 
mm-hmm. contracts, and if they break them, they pay a price for it. If it's going to be professional, let's treat it that way. Uh, so there's equal leverage on both sides. Secondly, we got to get the tampering out of it because what we've got going on out here, and I won't get specific right now because I don't have the concrete proof. I don't know if I'd tell it if I did, but we've got alumni luring guys away from other teams with the promise of paying them, and there's nothing right now anybody can do about it. NFL's been trying to guard that for years in the draft and, and with free agency. Uh, so, you know, we're basically in that kind of situation, and I could go on and on about character and loyalty to teammates, but that that's that argument's gone now. It's not gone, but it's not going to help us. We can just bellyache about it. But yeah. I really think for South Carolina, looking at this football game, they have got to load up on the run defense and make whoever Notre Dame starts at quarterback. I don't think they've named a starter as of yet. Uh, they have. They have. You might not have heard this, but they're going to go with their, their starter yeah. from, from yeah. back at the yeah. beginning of the season, Buckner. Yeah, and, and you know, their quarter, Drew Pine left because they informed him, hey, we're going to look in the transfer portal for some competition for you. And the kid basically put himself in the transfer portal according to their head coach, who I don't have any reason to doubt. Mm-hmm. He's very honest and up front. But he's afraid to compete. And who wants a quarterback that's afraid of competition? Uh, Phil Petty, I remember very closely, Kirk Cousins. My old stomp, my, one of my favorites, my boys, Josh Stett. We had people to push him. But he loved that stuff. They all did. They, they welcomed the, the competition because it made them rise to a higher level. Um, so it's a lot of – we could go on and on, but South Carolina needs to try to make Notre Dame's quarterback beat them from a defensive perspective. And, of course, Notre Dame lost their top pass rusher in Isaiah uh, Foley, I think, Foley. And, you know, which is, a, again, a head-scratcher for me because these NFL scouts are very, very nitpicky. Mm-hmm. And they're going to look at this stuff and say, well, you know, when you got to go to Green Bay, your, your favorite team, mm-hmm. and face them in the playoffs, this, you know, negative 22 windshield, are you just going to shut it down or say, I'm hurt and I can't play and still collect your paycheck? I mean, they're investing millions of dollars in these kids. So there's two sides of this coin. And I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not disappointed by it. I'm an old school guy, but I, I just want to be with my teammates, you know, don't play with my teammates as long as I possibly could because. When it's over, it's over. It's not like baseball where you can go get in a softball league and at least play a semblance of what you played. You can't find 22 guys go out and pad up and knock a mess out of each other because basically you all end up in the hospital <laughs> when you get older. This so is you, true. You, you want to you enjoy every minute, and I understand both sides of it, but from a strategic standpoint, I really believe South Carolina will give it everything they have. They have lost a lot, and I feel for them. But I also don't doubt Shane Beamer's uh, – at this point, his ability to motivate those kids to play their guts out. Defensively, got to believe that Notre Dame is going to line up, run the football. So defensively, yep. you think South Carolina is going to really stack the box? You think they're going to, um, you know, go with the, you know, tighten up with the linebackers behind the line and walk the safety down some, and, and just play tighter? And, and you mentioned make the quarterback beat you. He he hasn't played since the second game of the season, uh, but they do have a big offensive line yes. and big strong running backs as well what do you yes. think the Gamecocks will do defensively I think they've got it for me and there's a lot of ways to get into what you're talking about doing that's the pathway you take because if you want to make sure if you're Notre Dame and you can run the ball at will that's all you're going to do it's the least least pathway fraught with 
potential hang-ups. You can fumble the ball or have a lost yardage play, but they've got a great running back who's a big kid. They've got two of them actually really outstanding players, and that simplifies things for your quarterback, and they've got one of the best offensive lines in college football in the whole country. So i got to believe their running game is always important to them no matter who they play. You've got to try your best to take that away and force them to play left-handed, as we call it, and use the rather inexperienced quarterback, who's still a great player. Um, but but that, that would be the way that I would do it. I don't know if they would do it that way or not. There may be some things I don't know, but that's what I see happening. Okay. Let's go to uh, Clemson. Uh, now, Clemson, uh, they, they too had their departures, but really – Miles Murphy is the one on the defense that they lose who was a starter, a uh, you know, major contributor. And offensively, Uyangalale, he's gone. Um, yeah. After losing his job, he decided not to try and come back and compete for it and just go to Oregon State and go play for the Beavers out there. So now you turn it over, Clemson does, to um, a, a, a true freshman uh, who has seen limited time. Now he's – he got everybody excited with his performance against North Carolina. I will say that North Carolina's yeah. defense is nothing to um, take home to mother and, and feel you know really proud of. Uh, they they've had trouble stopping most everybody they've played this year. Not to take anything away from what Klubnik did that particular night, he's going to find a more dialed in, more more um, a more talented defense. Even though Tennessee's going to be without, for example, Jeremy Banks, one of their starting linebackers, has opted out. Yep. Still, I think this will be a tougher test for Clemson's offense with this new quarterback, this particular defense from Tennessee. Well, I definitely, you know, losing Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman too, and remembering that, that you know, Hooker, Hendon Hooker's out with an injury, that's, those are two of the best receivers in college football. Tillman had been plagued by injuries all year long, and, of course, Jalen Hyatt, I think it has, or, or, or as a finalist for the Blitnikoff, I think he won it. Obviously, Columbia native, who we're all proud of, and, did a great job. Now Clemson did lose Trent Simpson too, uh, linebacker uh, good, who I think. Yeah, but my he, yeah, good point. But he, he wasn't was going to play. He wasn't yeah, going to play he, anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's he's hurt now. He's not in the same category that we're talking about. But I think Clemson definitely came out on the the winning end of this thing. I believe Klubnik is the future for them, and he really runs things extremely well for him. <coughs> Excuse me, but hmm. Clemson's got to do the same thing. They, the thing they've got to handle is the tempo, Tennessee's tempo on offense. You know, they're going to play extremely fast-paced. Heupel's an excellent coach. This is an excellent coach team. Mm-hmm. Even the backup wide receiver is going to be tough. Tennessee, again, those struggles defensively on the back end, and I think Clemson can take advantage of their defensive back four uh, and then throw in the ball. Look what South Carolina puts over 60 points on them and put half of that on Clemson in their huge win in Death Valley, but at the same time, uh, I think that Clemson in this one, I, I like their chances. And they these kids are all used to big stages. Um, out of all these four teams, Clemson has had the most success by far on the big stage, and Orange Bowl is a pretty big stage, and they've been there before. So I feel like if they can stop the run game to a degree, because Tennessee actually has a deceptively strong run game. Mm-hmm. and then But then the key is to be able to play with the tempo on defense and keep up with it. That's going to be a big deal. They've got to be ready for that tempo because there's nobody in college football on the Division One level that runs the tempo Tennessee does. They get off plays faster than anybody in college football. But the, don't you think Clemson's going to play faster too? That's something they yeah. did when they put uh, Klubnik in against North Carolina. Do you expect Clemson to try to push the tempo as well? And will that be in the Tigers' favor or do they run the risk 
uh, putting their defense in a position where they're going to get worn out if Clemson's not converting third downs, moving the chains, keeping the football? Well, I think if if, if they had not lost Hendon Hooker, I would agree 100% with that. But then losing Hooker and Hyatt and Tillman, that's basically their three best players on offense. Now, some people may argue about that, but looking at their victory over Alabama, Jalen Hyatt had five receptions for touchdowns in that game. He's just a game changer this year. Best receiver in the country as far as, you know, voting and that kind of thing. And he was definitely the most productive. But I think that, again, you mentioned they play against a tempo offense every week. So they should not struggle with it, but I would still emphasize it to the kids. They're going to be a little bit faster than even we are. Clemson needs to establish that fantastic running game they have. They went away from it in the second half against South Carolina, and it really hurt them. That's what bailed Uyungle out most of the year when he did get bailed out and kept him pretty productive. It was a great running game to offset and keep defenses honest. And I think they've got to keep that going. Klubnik, and basically, I think you'll see Klubnik have a great game. He's a very good player and was very impressive in that, in that ACC championship game. Does Klubnik make the receivers better? Then yes. Uyangale could, or do the receivers have to make Klubnik better? Oh, he makes them better. There's no question. And all it is is a quick matter of hitting your reads, being accurate with your throws, and quick with your decisions. So you got to make accurate, quick, correct decisions, and then throw the ball where you need to. And this is a lot easier said than done. It's why when you look in the NFL, there's only maybe 10 guys that are legit great players, and even some of them get criticized. Quarterbacking is such a tough thing, and in the spread offense, it's no different. They're the trigger man. We never really called them quarterbacks probably for the last 15 years. In that offense, you call them the trigger man because they pull the trigger on the gun on every play, whether it's the run game and you doing read option stuff or RPOs or your down-the-field stuff. So I think he excelled at that in the ball game, and I would hope with more preparation he'd be even better. But, again, Tennessee has got a ton of talent over there. And, and here's the thing. This bowl practice is huge for next year because there's basically an extra three or four weeks of practice for these teams. Mm-hmm. That's why getting in a bowl is so huge for developing a program. So I look for Tennessee to come out and play well, don't get me wrong, but I think Clemson definitely has an advantage, and I hope they'll exploit it. Before we let you go, quick thoughts on um, Coastal Carolina, East Carolina tomorrow night when Chris was with us. He said uh, he thinks it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Both of these teams can put points up. Grayson McCall is going to play for Coastal. Uh, Both of these teams struggle defensively. Uh, Mike Houston's doing a nice job there in Greenville, North Carolina, bringing that East Carolina program around. You think Coastal, with all the distractions of the coaching change, and they've had some opt-outs as well, you think they can put something together to grab a bowl win there in Birmingham? As long as Grayson McCall's there, I'd, I'd give him a chance against anybody. Just, uh, I, I mean, he's a fantastic player. I hate that he's leaving there, but I'm really proud to see him playing in the bowl game. But I think they'll be. I think they'll put a lot of points on the board. Mike Houston is a defensive coach by nature, but he's building that East Carolina program, and Coastal Carolina's got a lot more talented team than people realize. Yeah, and they named your town after McCall. That's how big he is. <laughs> I think you've got your history a little bit staggered, but we'll take that. He's a heck of a player. (laughs) McCall, beautiful (laughs) McCall, South Carolina. I used to know some other people there from McCall. Coach, I hope you feel better. Go drink something. Well, you're in Kentucky. Just go get something stiff there in Kentucky and make your your nostrils open up a little bit. (laughs) Make them flare. 
I, I might just do that. So hopefully my preacher's not listening. You know I'm Baptist. They get on you for that. I have to sit on the back row if I do that. Thing. That's okay. That's a lot of people <laughs> sit on that back row. From what I can tell, the Baptist uh, churches I've been to in the past, a lot of people uh, sit on that back row. <laughs> well, I, I kind of grew up on the back row and worked my way up. But it, you know, sometimes the necessity is to, uh, you have to do what you got to do to get better. <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and you know what? We'll talk to you Monday, next Monday, about everything that went down uh, on on uh, tu- uh, Tuesday night, Coastal, and Friday for the Gamecocks and Tigers. Thank you much. Have a great week. Hope you feel better. Thanks so much, guys. Y'all have a good one. You too. Okay, there you go. He's fighting it, but he's a fighter. That's the coach, Zach Willis, with some uh, great input on what's going to happen or what could happen or what should happen in the games coming up. We appreciate him being with us. Let's go to the final break, and we'll come back to uh, put the finishing touches on tonight's show. Want to jump in for a final comment, question, observation? Feel free, 888-898-2525. The number, South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. We'll be back after the break. Don't go away. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR. Of course, hunting is very popular across the state of South Carolina, Major Downer. What things should our hunters be thinking about before they get out in the fields? It seems like every other show we're talking about hunting safety of some sort. Whether it's turkey season or deer season, hunters always need to be aware of the target. Make sure before you pull that trigger that you know what you're looking at. Whether it's a turkey during turkey season or a deer during deer season, you know your identifying features of your game. You know what's beyond that target in case you miss. Learn more about the great outdoors in South Carolina with Major Billy Downer on SC Wild here on the Sports Talk Media Network. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. All right, final minutes tonight here on Sports Talk. We have enjoyed it. I can't believe how fast the show has moved tonight. Appreciate everybody being with us, and we'll pick it up tomorrow night. I'll be down in Florida, uh, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, and we'll pick up with Clemson on Wednesday, and uh, Smitty will be in Jacksonville on Wednesday. He'll pick up on the Gamecocks there, and we'll have coverage for you from those uh, locations through the rest of the week with the games coming up on Friday. I got a feeling there's going to be a ton of Gamecock and Clemson fans making the way into Florida. Why not? There should be 
uh, you know, it's easy access for Gamecock fans to get to Jacksonville. They should be excited. Despite the losses to the team of certain players, still it's a good team with a chance to go win a ninth game. To win a, a Gator Bowl would be huge for South Carolina. Uh, that's been a bowl game they've played in previously, and they'd love to get that bowl to add to the trophy case, I would think. I mean, you know, they've got their Outback Bowl trophies, and now they've got, uh, you know, some others. They had a nice little run there of bowl wins. But a Gator Bowl trophy would be nice for South Carolina to add. And, of course, Clemson, another Orange Bowl trophy. Uh, that's another traditional big bowl game the Tigers are playing in. No, it's not the playoffs this year, but it is a New Year's Day six game, a tradition-laden game. And an Orange Bowl trophy is nothing to sneeze at either. So good opportunities for both these teams uh, coming up on Friday. We'll be there for it all the way through. Follow our coverage on our website, sportstalksc.com, on Twitter at sportstalksc, our YouTube and our Facebook pages, Sports Talk Media Network, for all of that. If you can't find us over the year for some reason, you can watch us. Follow our stream on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and the audio feed on our website, sportstalksc.com. So from Bet Online. Uh, they have the college football playoff championship exact outcome. Okay? So, Georgia defeating Michigan. This is for championship games now. Georgia defeats Michigan, and that is 7-5 Georgia. The odds of Georgia defeating Michigan, 7-5. Georgia defeating TCU is 9-2. Michigan defeating Georgia is 5-1. Ohio State defeating Michigan is 25-4. to Michigan beating Ohio State is 17-2. Ohio State beating TCU is 12-1. And TCU's got the longest odds. TCU defeating Georgia is 25-1. And defeating Ohio State is 33-1. So the, the final four, I mean, I think the Georgia-Ohio State game uh, could be quite entertaining. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of first-round NFL talent to go around on that field. Uh, will Ohio State be bothered by playing with that Georgia crowd in Atlanta? I don't think so. I mean, they've played Michigan in the big house. When you play Michigan in the big house, uh, where else can you come unglued, right, if you can handle it? Um, no, I don't see that really being a major factor against Ohio State. It's going to be a partisan Georgia crowd, obviously. Uh, I think, you know, the the key for Ohio State is going to be uh, can they get their running game going despite the fact that uh, Trayvon Henderson is out? Uh, can they get the running game going? Uh, what kind of game is Trout going to have throwing the football? Georgia, I mean, if they protect the football, which they do extremely well, uh, you know that uh, they're going to run the ball. They're going to attempt to run the ball. They're going to use their tight ends extremely well. Uh, Bowers is going to get a lot of touches. Um, uh, Georgia's got so many things just going its way right now. Their defense has been outstanding once again. What a surprise that has been to lose so many players off their defense and turn around and be that good again on defense. is just shocking, to be quite honest with you. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, I think I, I go with Georgia. I, I take Georgia over Ohio State, and uh, I think Michigan – will route TCU. I think that one will be the, – the, the Georgia-Ohio State game might have a, a little bit of um, suspense to it, maybe, some fourth-quarter suspense. Michigan-TCU, I don't think TCU is going to have enough to play with Michigan. 
Uh, even though Michigan's without uh, Corum, Edwards has done a great job stepping in uh, as his replacement. And uh, I think Michigan's uh, too strong. I, I, I look at a Michigan-Georgia championship game. That's what I'm, I'm seeing at this point. But we got more time to uh, break it all down and debate all that uh, as the uh, semifinals are be played on Saturday and then, of course, national championship game later on in January. That'll do it for us tonight. Pat, thank you very much. Thanks to all of you for being with us tonight. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to uh, Coach Willis. Everybody have a tremendous night, and we'll see you tomorrow night back here on Sports Talk.